Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello Manchester United fans, welcome back to this extra episode post-match of the Manchester is Red podcast. Obviously, last night as I'm recording this, Manchester United lost 3-2 to Borussia Dortmund in Las Vegas. But I am Sam Hutchison, I'm here to take you through a review from our writers who were at the game, an interview with Christian Eriksen afterwards, and a little bit of my thoughts on the game and all the latest Manchester United news. But... Without further ado, let's go straight into our writer Tyrone Marshall's review of the game live from Las Vegas about 10 minutes, 15 minutes after the final whistle. Good evening from the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas where Manchester United's tour of the United States has just ended. A a third successive defeat, the third defeat of the week, 3-2 to Borussia Dortmund in this friendly. You'll be able to see just over my shoulder if you're watching this video, both sets of players completing a lap of honour. Uh, crowd only around half full here, surprisingly. Uh, not a sellout, nowhere near a sellout. Uh, quiet at times during the game, and as you can tell, it's very lively now. Uh, hopefully you can hear me over the post-match music that is blaring out. It was like that in the build-up as well. Uh, this city certainly knows how to party, as you know, and the few Dortmund fans inside here will be doing just that after today. Uh, a 3-2 win for them. Thought United played pretty well at times, to be honest, but just too many costly individual errors. Um, A really interesting game at times. Diogo Dallo with United's opening goal, really well taken, 20-yard curler. Then individual mistakes for two Daniel Marlon goals in no time at all. Uh, An equaliser when Karamadiemi did Brandon Williams on the wing. Williams just dived in far too quickly. Adiemi got the ball into the box uh, and a lucky break for Marlon to finish. 18 seconds after the restart, United were behind. Went straight back to Tom Heaton. Heaton played a pass to Lindelof. Lindelof's attempted pass forward was cut out and then United were all at sea defensively. And there was a simple ball for Marlon to finish beyond Heaton. Heaton and Brandon Williams then had a, a blazing row on the pitch, really. It looked like Williams turned to Heaton and told him it was your, um, your mistake, shall we say, in slightly more unpolite terms. Um, I mean, I think it was Victor Lindelof's mistake, but there was obviously some kind of tension there between Williams and, and Lindelof. Not sure whether Williams wanted the pass from, from Heaton instead. I'm not sure it was really on. I think Lindelof could probably have gone to Williams once Adeyemi had closed, had closed him down, but he tried to go forward as Ten Hag wants and the pass was cut out and United were behind at the break. It, it was a much-changed side. Ten Hag made 11 changes for this game. He played Amari Forson on, on the wing, the ninth guy turned 19 on the first day of this tour, and he had a pretty good, pretty lively 37 minutes, forced Gregor Kobol into an early save. 
but then he got involved in a, a tussle with Julian Ryerson, the Dortmund's uh, left-back. Looked like Forster lashed out a bit at him, then squared up to Eddie Amy in the same incident. He got a booking. Ten Hag immediately told Anthony to warm up, and Anthony came on about five minutes later, and, and Forsen hooked after 37 minutes. He looked dejected as he left the pitch. A few senior players came up and gave him a pat on the back. Ten Hag then spent about 30 seconds with him with his arm around him on the touchline, pointing to where the incident had happened, clearly explaining why he'd been brought off and, and what the issue was. Um, but, but a real ruthless decision from Ten Hag. He obviously felt there was a lesson there for Forsen to learn and was, was making it pretty forcefully. Um, and and like, like I say, that's the kind of ruthless management we have, we have seen, really. Um, second half, United made it 2-2. It was Anthony that came on for Forsen and Anthony that scored. Good pressing from Palestri and Van der Beek. Uh, ball fell for Anthony and a decent finish. At this point, United were, were well on top um, and, and looked probably the more likely to win it, but they didn't. Another mistake. Wambasaka came on for Dallo. A poor pass intercepted by Marco Royce, who uh, exchanged passes and then squared low for Yusuf and Makoko to tap in. United finished the game well on top. Marcus Rashford among the subs that came on um, around the hour mark. He looked really sharp, but they couldn't force home that equaliser. Andre Anana came on for Tom Eaton at half-time. We saw some brilliant passes again from Anana. Uh, we've seen that quite a lot from him on this tour and some, some really impressive, impressive forward balls and getting United on the front foot. Um, but at the end of the tour, three defeats in a week, like I say, the Wrexham one for the under-21s, not too concerning. But the losses to Real Madrid and Dortmund will be disappointing for Ten Hag. I think we've seen real tactical changes on this tour. The fullbacks at times been playing as number eight, uh, really pushing more players forward. Playing such a high line today. He's and Anana sweeping up behind a really high line. The passing of Anana is going to be a game changer for United, but too many individual mistakes and, and a disappointing end to the tour. The players are flying back to Manchester straight after this game. Uh, I'm about to head down to the mix zone and try and speak to Ten Hag or the players before they go. But a, a decent two weeks in terms of the training time they've had, the, the development of those tactical plans. I think we are seeing new things from Ten Hag and Ten Hag's team this summer. But the proof will be in the results. United have got two games next week against Lons at Old Trafford, Atletico Bilbao in Dublin, Atletico Bilbao in Dublin. We will be at both of those games. We'll have coverage for you. Keep an eye on the Manchester Evening News' Man United YouTube channel for content from Old Trafford and Dublin. And all the wrap-up from the tour. We'll be doing a podcast as well before we leave Las Vegas. And there's plenty more content as well on the Manchester Evening News' website. But for now, straight after the game, that's all. So Manchester United fans, that was Tyrone Marshall's review of the game. And he said, like he said, you know, Las Vegas knows how to party. And it wasn't a bad Manchester United performance by any stretch of the imagination. You know, still scored two goals. A couple of individual errors really are what cost United, like Tyrone pointed out. Lindelof, Tom Heaton and Harry Maguire all made a sort of Error here and there. Brandon Williams on the left back. I mean, obviously he's not going to be Manchester United's first choice left back and probably not even second choice or third choice left back going into next season. But he's still a Premier League player and there's sort of those errors are what Eric Ten Hag is trying to get out of the side. Obviously we saw Onana come on at half-time and replace Heaton and he was much better. He's much better with the ball at his feet. He's much better as a goalkeeper pretty much all round. And it was a really impressive Onana performance. His passing range is just so, so good. I mean, some of the balls that he picks out and he's calm, so cool and collected no matter where he is. 
on the pitch, no matter who's around him, no matter how quickly he's getting pressed. And Dortmund obviously do have a really fast attack. If you are in possession of the ball like Andre Onana was, and then you get impressed by sort of players like Daniel Marlon and Karim Adeyemi, you're looking at some of the fastest players in the Bundesliga last season, sprinting at you, trying to close you down as quickly as possible. And he was still cool, calm, collected. And it shows that Eric Ten Hag really does know what he wanted in his goalkeeper when he signed it at Andre Onana. We didn't really have any doubt that he did know what he wanted, but he's got that perfect goalkeeper for his system. Obviously, the individual errors are going to have to be ironed out. You can't go into a season losing goals like Manchester United did because there wasn't really a goal in that game that Dortmund created all their self. But in attack, it was pretty good for Man United, in all honesty. Anthony got a goal. Dallow's goal was fantastic. But, and I mean, they're two players that are really trying to solidify their position come the start of the season as Eric Ten Hag's first choice in that position. Dallow's got the sort of the competition of Aaron Wambasaka and Anthony just has his hit and miss in a Man United shirt. Last season was so inconsistent. Some games he looked like the best player on the pitch. Some games he just was completely anonymous. But Man United fans, get at me at Sam Hutch M-E-N on Twitter or X as it's now called and let me know your thoughts on the game. But now we're going to go straight into Christian Eriksen's interview following the game in the mix zone afterwards and discuss a bit about that. Hi Hello. Christian, how are you? Yeah, good, you? Good, thank you. Christian, it feels like it's been quite a taxing tour in terms of the schedule, the weather conditions. How have you found it? Yeah, I think that's a nice way of saying it as a taxing tour. I think we, we've done a lot of travelling, obviously. Uh, but in the end, that's what Prison is turning into, I think, for, for a lot of clubs. And United the same as a, as a brand. As, of course, the, the focus is on football, but of course, there's a lot of travelling. What has the football been like and the acclimatisation of new players, especially Mason Mark, who you play with in midfield? Yeah, no, I think yeah, take Mace out than anyone else. I think he's uh, he's adapted very well, uh, falling into the system. Of course, he had a few games before the international players came back. Uh, but yeah, I think from from training and what I've seen, he's, he's looking good. Uh, and as a group, I mean, training in uh, in different uh, climates in uh, in different uh, states, uh, it's always uh, always different different pitches. But uh, yeah, we adapted and uh, we managed. On a personal <laughs> level, how are you feeling, fitness-wise? How are you enjoying your football at the moment? Yeah, no, I'm enjoying it as uh, as always. Uh, it's always fun to play football. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm feeling good, getting more and more minutes, and uh, I'm feeling more and more ready for for the season to start, which is soon, which is nice. I know you can't say a lot right now because the deal's not over the line. But what kind of player is Rasmus Hoyland? Uh Yeah, what's he like? He's a he's a strong number nine. He's developed a lot in the in the last year from from when I first saw him with national team in a year's time. So yeah, no, he's a, he's a very good player. Yeah, I was gonna say what. Type of, because a lot of people have heard about him mainly because of his transfer, rather than seeing him on the field. Uh, yeah, I suppose we don't get enough uh, media attention in Denmark, that's why. So people outside Denmark don't know enough. Uh, but no, he's a, he's a nice guy, and uh, yeah, no, he's a good player. Like I said, he's developed, uh, turning into to just a, a nine, which he's played for for national team. I, to be honest, I haven't seen that many games for Atalanta, but I know how they play, and uh, yeah, he fitted in well there. So uh, yeah, he's a good player. Obviously, David De Gea has been a fantastic goalkeeper for this club. But Andre Anana is a, a different type of goalkeeper. 
what will he bring to the side in possession and I guess out of possession? Yeah, no, I think he just uh, answered your own question. Uh, he's a different player compared to David and uh, yeah, more uh, a different style. Uh, of course, we always, I think, we were sad to, to see David leave, what he's done for the club and uh, what he was like as a character. Uh, but yeah, Andre is going to come in and uh, and do what he do best. Uh, of course, he's going to take his, uh, his term and uh, yeah, he has a lot to follow up because, I mean, uh, David was, uh, was not, a, not a little player at United for many, many years, so he has a lot of things to catch up, but I'm sure he will fit in as well. Very nice. Travelling's been a bit too much. The Houston leg, in particular. Is there, is uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's ever too much, but of course, there's been there's been a lot. There's been a lot of travelling and a lot of uh, in and out and uh, and changing schedule, changing time zones, changing football pitches. Uh, so yeah, it's been a lot. But like I said, it's, it's pre-season, and at the moment, it's uh, for any club. There's a lot of uh, travelling around. Uh, the, also, obviously, for the fans and, and for the media. What did you uh, think of the team's performance today? Yeah, I think we, we played a strong game. I think first half we, we dominated a lot of the game, and I think until the when they scored the, the first goal and uh, really the, the 43rd minute that we, we had a good chance and of winning the game, and then uh, we gave them three goals and, and we lost the game in the end. But I think we, we played in, in general a good game. What do you think of the atmosphere here at Allegiant Stadium? <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. I mean, it's always to to play abroad or playing in, in a neutral stadium with two different. Uh, Fans, away fans, or home fans. It's, but it was nice to see so many United shirts, but also Dortmund fans. I mean, there was a good atmosphere. Christian, on Hoyland, sorry, on um, has he engaged you about Manchester United with the clubs like? Uh, not recently. Uh, I spoke to him when we were a national team last time, but of course I've, uh, I've said a lot of good stuff and also said some bad stuff, but uh, in the end it's, uh, it's what's going to happen. What, what are your thoughts about the season? Everybody said that last year was a season of progress. Yeah, no, I think it's always difficult to see in, uh, in pre-season games. Uh, a lot of players playing different, uh, more for getting the minutes and getting the feeling back compared, of the <coughs> compared to the points we're playing for in the league. So I'm sure when the league starts, we'll be in a, we'll be in a good place and in a good shape. And uh, yeah, it will be a kick-on from, from last season. I mean, everyone is used to everything, so uh, it should be uh, for us a, a good to go. It's fairly imperative that you get off to a better start than you did last that, year. That will be, uh, be very, very uh, delightful, yeah. That will be, uh, that'll be, uh, that'll be a lot better than uh, anyway. But I'm sure we, uh, we'll do what we can to, to make that better, and I'm sure we do. You're welcome. So, Manchester United fans, welcome back. You've just listened to Christian Eriksen's interview. And obviously it is a taxing tour. This was the first question Ericsson was asked. And it's it was a taxing tour for Manchester United. It has been in the USA the whole time, really. High temperatures, lots of travel and a lot of games, really. And it's not going to kind of carry on. There's two games this weekend. I mean, Saturday and Sunday are both Manchester United pre-season fixtures. So it's going to be busy for me and I'm not even in America. I mean, I can only imagine for my colleagues out in America how taxing it has been and for the players who are out there working their socks off, really, to prove to Eric Ten Hag that they deserve a spot in his first team come the start of the season. He was asked about Andre Onana and his impact that he's had since he joined the club. And, I mean, that's the real that's the real focus you've got to take with Onana. Maybe he's not... As good a shot stopper, we haven't seen it yet, but we haven't really seen him be peppered like we had saw David De Gea be last season. Maybe he's not as good a shot stopper as David De Gea, but 
I can tell you one thing for sure. He is fantastic with the ball at his feet. He really has impressed me. I didn't catch much in uh, last season. Obviously, you know, we watched the Champions League final, you watch a couple of Champions League games, and I actually went over to Milan on holiday and caught an intergame whilst I was over there. And Onana, we've always known he was this sort of very confident and capable goalkeeper. But since he signed for Manchester United, and I have to look at it from a more objective work perspective, he is revolutionary in that goal. He's going to be so important for the way Manchester United even build up from the back. I mean, last season, it was a lot of the defenders had to do a lot of work. There were still a couple of individual errors from fullbacks. But Onana sort of moves into the defence and becomes an extra man. Where David De Gea was a really solid goalkeeper. And, you know, as Manchester United fans, you've got to put a lot of respect on David De Gea's name. He's been probably one of your best players since... Sir Alex Ferguson left and that was he was one of the only real players who could hold his head high after a couple of seasons. But I do think Onana, now that we've moved into this Ten Hag era, which we all hope will last just as long as the Sir Alex Ferguson era, I, I guess. Now we've moved into that, it's gonna have to, he has to make wholesale changes, and this might be the biggest change in role that he's brought in so far. Obviously, Casemiro, but everyone knew that Man United needed a real world-class defensive midfielder. You know, Martinez came in, he's confident, he's combative. But I do think Onana is this biggest tactical change that Eric Ten Hag has brought in so far. In general, it was quite a good game from Man United. Like Tyrone said, and like Christian's just said there, it was a good game. It was individual errors that cost Man United. It wasn't a poor performance across the board. They were quite confident. They had a dominated possession. And I mean, it was overall positive. The only issue is the result. And come the start of the season, the only thing that matters is the result come the end of the game. I'm sure Manchester United fans, you would take 1-0 win every single week and walk the league rather than play some really impressive football every single time you step out on the pitch, but still get pipped to the post at the end. And I mean, neither of these things are likely to happen, but I do think the results are where Man United's preseason looks poor, but overall I'd say the tour of America has been a real success. But the biggest question Ericsson was asked there was about his compatriot, Rasmus Hoyland, who it looks like is on the verge of signing for Manchester United. And Ericsson was very... Keeping his cards close to his chest there. I do think Rasmus Hoyland is probably the man that Ericsson Hogg needs in his attack. I mean, I was looking at stats just whilst I was doing a bit of work earlier. And he seriously is just so different to what Manchester United currently have as options up front. He's not a massive goal scorer on last season, this is. He's not a massive goal scorer. He's a very good goal scorer, but that's not where... He's not going to come in and be like Erling Haaland, which he gets a lot of comparisons like that, and I don't think you could really hold him to those standards. We're not going to see a debut season in the Prem like Erling Haaland has just had. Probably ever again. I mean, that was that, that's a 
out of this world season from Haaland. And Hoyland is not that sort of player. He's really just an absolute all-rounder up front. Haaland's a real dedicated finisher, but I think where he sort of lacks is his build-up play. He's not He's not really part of the team. He's becoming it with Pep Guardiola, but you're going to become it under probably the best manager in the world at, mon- at the minute. Hoyland, on the other hand, where he really is impressive is his creation numbers. I mean, he's averaging about 11 progressive passes, which is really incredibly good per 90 for a striker. That's the 99th percentile. So he is in the top 1% of build-up from strikers. His pass completion rate is really high for strikers as well. He carries the ball, he takes people on, and he has a load and load of touches, especially in the penalty area. He does a lot more than just score, which is where he'll bring the strength. I don't think you can put this pressure on him. He doesn't. He's not going to come in and score 30 goals like Haaland did. He's not going to do probably what Harry Kane would do in a Man United shirt if Eric Ten Hag had got his number one target in Harry Kane. But he is still a very capable striker. And I mean, Eriksen kept his cards close to his chest in that interview. But he is basically saying... You know, he's excited to see Hoyland in a United shirt. And so am I. I do think this is a massive gamble still. You know, we haven't seen it anywhere near consistently enough to justify such a high price tag. But the price tag is what you're going to be paying for a a team that needs a striker in a market where there's just not that many strikers. You're going to be paying a real premium for a player like this I mean he's still young he's only he's only 20 I thought he was older than that but he's only 20 the potential there is incredible and I mean Ericsson knows him best probably of all players in the Manchester United squad and he's he's clearly a big fan of the way he plays the way he sort of competes as a striker. And I do think this will probably be a really, really fantastic signing for Manchester United. But Man United fans are short one today anyway. Thank you for listening to this extra post-match podcast from me, Sam Hutchison. Make sure you tweet me at Sam Hutch, M-E-N, on Twitter if you want to have any questions about Manchester United or about wider football. I can try and answer them. You know, I will reply to any DMs if you don't want to tweet me. You can just DM me and I will try to reply to you as soon as possible. But thank you for listening, Manchester United fans. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel and we will have a pod going out later today, live from Las Vegas, from our two writers who are out there, Samuel Luckhurst and Tyrone Marshall. We are now on TikTok, so if that's what you prefer, go and check us out on TikTok. And as usual... We have some fantastic articles, pieces going out on the website throughout the day, 24-7. So if you ever need anything Manchester United related, make sure to check us out on the Manchester Evening News. But until next time, Manchester United fans, thank you for listening. Listening.